Welcome to the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast. You are joined by two of your usual hosts here, Josh Hartley and Tom Mannering. Tom, how are we doing this week? I'm doing good, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. We've just had a uh, a semi-successful like little online <laughs> gaming session. What was that? What? <laughs> We've just had a semi. It's like, whoa. <laughs> semi-successful. Get your mind out of the gutter. Semi-successful. I've got to to get us that R rating. Yeah. I mean, it'll happen at some point during the episode, to be fair. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so we'll we'll have a chat about about that and uh, (laughs) other gaming stuff that we have been up to this week. We will. But shall we cover off any potential news items first? Um, Let's do that. Bunch of stuff is going up for pre-order again with GW because it's GW and nowadays that happens every week. So, uh, but there's actually a lot that I'm buying this week because they caught wind that I said on a podcast, yeah, I'll buy all the 40k codices as they come out. Like, how, how much is that going to cost? Like, I think we so- should have a, a new segment on the podcast mm-hmm. and it's called What GW Shite is, is Josh Buying This Week? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what this podcast is turning into, <laughs> to be fair. Uh, so, up for pre-order this week. Uh, first of all, from Forge World, uh, we get a new Imperial Armor book. Uh, so, this is the rules book for all of the Forge World goodies, which includes the humongous titans that you can buy if you have infinite money. Look at you. You could buy these ridiculously expensive titans and the ridiculously expensive book. And never have anyone play you with them because they're horrendous. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, you also, though, uh, Death Corps of Krieg. And uh, you get a load of, like, regular units that you can use. Like, there's loads of special dreadnoughts that you can use in your armies and all of that. Uh, I, I have pre-ordered the book because, like I said, I'm going to collect all the books this edition because it'll be nice. Um, I'm sure it will be nice as well. Uh, but that, that was 40 quid. But you, you, hang on, sorry, sorry to interrupt you, right? But you said you were buying all the codexes. These aren't codexes. Ah, but they've got data sheets in. So, but you I'm don't not, have not... you don't have any of this stuff, Josh. <laughs> well, it's fine. It's a collecting hobby, you know. Uh-huh. So, uh, <laughs> and I might own Forge World stuff in the future. Uh-huh. So, there's that. Okay. It, serious, serious point. Uh, under the current. Uh, rules for Death Guard one of the more competitive lists use the Terax drill which is a Forge World model Mm. um, to transport your plague marines into the middle of battle rather than rhinos so you know that is something that I might consider Uh, but you get a load of uh, there's a load of uh, rules in there it gives me options going forward and you know if, if it's a nice book to have then i'm fine with it it is 40 quid but um yeah that's my that's my habit uh but uh, also out for pre-order this weekend are the codex supplements for uh the space wolves and for the death watch so more marines more, more marines for you 
because we love marines. Need them marines. To be fair, with them changing their wounds characteristic relatively recently, it is kind of important that they get all the all the power armor codexes out like really quickly so that no one's left behind. So we know that December is going to be Death Guard and uh, Blood Angels. It's highly suspect in January that one of them will be Dark Angels. And I won't be surprised if we get Chaos Space Marines and Thousand Suns not too long after them either. Just so that everyone's on the two wound bandwagon. I'm just I, I don't want to be a negative Nelly, but I'm just not that interested. Like the the whole two wound thing hasn't sat out too well with me anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and like bringing out all the codexes for all these these Marines, it just feels like you know it's, it's a little bit too much Marine love. Yeah, my uh, it, my preference. It like, does mean though it gets them all out of the way really early. But it doesn't, mate. It, it doesn't because <laughs> what what's going to happen is in like a year's time they'll they'll re-release you know Marine Point Two because uh, they've done it before. You know where where in addition there's been more than one sort of Marine Codex released, mm-hmm. um, and I think we'll we'll just see that again. And and I get they're the poster boys, and I'm not you know I'm not arguing that that's not the case. Um, but it's it's a bit stifling um, yeah. if you're not I, a marine player. Like I I kind of want them to do more Xenos stuff as well. And we're yeah. getting a Xenos codex in January, which looks like it's going to be Tyranids, likely to be Tyranids. I think we don't know yet, but um, the the, so. the teaser preview is uh, Tyranids, so that will be cool. Um, yeah, we'll. We'll just wait and see. That's that's the trouble. Like you say, they they're the poster boys and they sell the most. So you know, what are you gonna do? That they're, they're gonna they're gonna give the people what they want, and what they want is more dudes and power armor. So, meh. <laughs> like, be be angry at people, I guess. Yeah, and and I am. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Fair. <laughs> you know, you're part of the problem. All of you. Well. All of you, dear listeners, stop playing Space Marines and uh, play. So, do, do I get the same level of disdain for playing Death Guard? Well, you I play Death Guard as well, technically, but it's not. It's not Power Armor Death Guard. Yeah, this is the thing, right? I do play Death Guard, but I do Cultist Death Guard and um, you know Mutant Death Guard and all the non-Power Armor stuff. Um, and I don't really consider my my army a Death Guard army. I consider it. A Nurgle cult army. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's it's a tricky animal. Um, I, I get that, like they need to cater to what people want, and I understand that obviously uh, Marines are popular. But I kind of wonder if it's you know they're, they're kind of almost making it a vicious cycle, right? You know where they just keep on support rather than supporting other stuff. And bringing other stuff up, they just constantly keep feeding the beast, you know, and just keep on churning into that that marine fodder, and and that's why we're stuck in this sort of ever. And it is an escalating affair, you know. Like marines have had so many chapters added, and and so many kind of factions added recently um, over the past sort of ten years, you know, Death Guard and 
uh, all the different factions that have been added on, and then you've got the Adaptus Mechanicus as well, which I appreciate aren't Marines, but they're in the same ballpark. And then, hold on. No, they're not Marines. They're not Marines. I said they're not Marines, but they're in the same wheelhouse. They're not even in the same ballpark. They're an Imperium army, sure, but like... Uh, Sisters of Battle are closer to Marines than the Mechanicus All right, then. Sisters of Battle. (laughs) Sisters of Battle are cool. Everyone wanted more Sisters of Battle. They hadn't done Sisters of Battle in decades. Like, quite literally. (laughs) I know, I know. I'm not on the other side of that argument, but Mm -hmm. I I just, I feel there's there's too much Imperial love, and and I think a lot of that stems from the, the Marines. Do you um, have okay? Well, like, what's your predictions and what's your wish list going forward? My predictions is a lot more marine stuff. <laughs> uh, my wish list is not marine stuff. Cool. Good. Uh, good I'd, I'd good like talk. to see. I'd like. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I obviously have Gene Steeler cults, so I'd like to see a Gene Steeler cult book. Um, I'd like to see more of the Xenos armies supported and not just supported, but really kind of expanded on and given some of the range that Marines have because they just don't have it. You know, they get one book that's smaller than the, the core Space Marine book and that's them done. Whereas your your Space Marines get the core Space Marine book plus all the supplemental books on top of that. Sure, yeah. Um, I, I reckon they'll do Gene Steeler Cult relatively soon. The reason being, right, they um, it's a new model range, so they don't need to bring out a big range of new models for them. Mm. They could probably just do like one or two kits for it with the with the release of a new codex and call it good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, they're, they're not very good in ninth edition <laughs> at the moment, no. so they kind of need a new codex to make them a lot more competitive. So I, I think they will be relatively quickly. But I mean, to be fair, if they if they churn out uh, new books at the rate that they're going at right now, we're going to get through all the factions within a year easily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like, do you, I, I wonder like what new factions will they introduce on my on my wish list? And it's more power arm, armor um, factions, Tom. So sorry, not sorry. Um, but I would like, uh, similarly how they've done for Nurgle and Zinch, I would like to see like dedicated um, Chaos Space Marine codexes for Corn and Slanesh, i.e. a World Eaters and an Emperor's Children. No, I actually agree with you there. I, 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 actually... I think that would be really cool. Yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. I think they should get their own books as well. Um, I'm, I'm not on the other side of that. Um, it's not power armor necessarily although power armor can get a bit exhausting it it's just marines get too much so when i started playing 40k marines had one book they had the space marine book and it was fine you know it it covered your blood angels it covered your your dark angels it covered your ultramarines hold up hold up hold up when did you start playing second edition okay they did have separate books for Angels of Death in second edition. They did, but they came later. That's true. Yeah. So when when I started, you know, admittedly there was a much smaller portfolio of armies then anyway. Um, but yeah, you know, there was there was one Marine book. There did start to come more down the line as you you reference there, um, and I think that's where it kind of started. 
But even then, by the end of that, there were maybe two or three, I think, that came out. And then third edition, they started to bring out more and more. They had a separate one for Space Wolves as well. Yeah. I remember that. Uh, Yeah, third edition is kind of when it started escalating with all the various chapters getting their own books. Yeah. And, uh, like, fluff-wise, there's a reason for it. It's because, like... Uh, I am so sorry for our listeners who are not into Warhammer, like, but just deal with it. <laughs> like, um, yeah, it, it, there's there's a fluff reason for it, right? It's because Blood Angels, uh, Dark Angels, uh, and Space Wolves, and now Death Watch, there are chapters. They are chapters that are not Codex compliant, so it kind of makes sense that they don't go off the main Space Marine Codex because in the game they don't go off the main Space Marine Codex. They do their own thing. Um, but yeah, I have another. I have another wish, and Ben will be with me on this one. Let's bring the squats back. Let's get some. Uh, let's get some space dwarfs on the go. Yeah, I wouldn't be adverse. I I don't think it'll happen, but uh, I wouldn't be against we it. We didn't think Gene Steeler cults would come back. That's true. It's true. Uh, albeit they didn't uh, they didn't bring the limousine back, and that no, limousine which is, a shame. is it's a missed fantastic. <laughs> right, I let's move life. on from this. Let's move on. We've we've discussed this at length, sure, <laughs> and we don't want the episode to be dedicated to the flaws moving, of multiple Space Marine Codex. <laughs> mo- moving away from Space Marines and Space Marine-related chat, uh, so what have, we been, what have we been up to gaming-wise this week? Uh, board gaming-wise? Crickets. <laughs> like, <laughs> we, we've had some RPG sessions. We we've have. Been doing some of that. We have indeed, uh, We yeah. continued our Star Wars campaign. Mm-hmm. So, we're now... Um, Tom's going to do a better job of telling this than I will, which is me hoping that he'll jump in right now, but he's just <laughs> going to let me... No, no, let me no, it's all, no, like it's all. This. no, that's all. Uh, cool. I'll let you fill the air for a little bit. Yeah, um, great. <laughs> yeah, so we're... Uh, I say we... You are in a uh, quite interesting position. You've gone to the Twi'lek homeworld of Ryloth, uh, you were dropping off a captive that you accidentally rescued uh, when you stole a ship uh, and have sort of got involved uh, with his uh, rebellion, uh, the Twi'lek rebellion on Ryloth. Uh, and you had gone to a sort of uh, small mining village, um, were celebrated as heroes for bringing this individual who's something of a a revolution figurehead back to the village and they asked you to um, remove a nearby uh, criminal uh, overlord who was trying to set himself up and, and subjugate the the mining community mm-hmm. which you uh, you did in a, a roundabout way uh, largely by uh, going in and after a very brief attempt at diplomacy uh, shooting up the place <laughs> Yeah, I, I I think uh someone literally just said screw it and then just drew a gun and started blasting. Yep. That's it's good true. fun though. Um it's just nice being in the Star Wars universe and I'm I'm still enjoying playing my R droid, although like uh, RPG like I I I think the Star Wars setting is a lot less combat heavy than other set like other systems. Mm-hmm. There is still combat there. And uh, I am not very good at combat at all. 
I think I did a, like a bull rush and like hit someone with my little arc welder for like one bit of damage, but that was it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's an action system, so I think it's it's tailored towards eventful sessions, but that doesn't necessarily need to be in the form of combat. There's there's a lot of support for. I mean, we had a, a piloting scene where um, Ryan's character was was driving a speeder through canyons, and we had sort of the pod racer style moment where he had to kind of dodge between the rocks and things, uh, which he started off very deftly performing uh, before he, he uh, had a bit of a um, fender bender. Uh, it was fine. It was fine, yeah. You, you got away from it. Uh, anything you walk away from. Um, but yeah, it was. It, it's a good system. I like it. Yeah, so we'll, we'll be playing more of that in a fortnight. And we continued with Age of Sigmar uh, as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact... In fact, I know uh, Ben has received his copy. I completely forgot to ask Scott if he's got his yet. Like he said he copy. didn't on Thursday. He hadn't got it yet. I'm sure it'll be arriving with him soon, though, mm-hmm. to be fair. Or I hope, anyway. And if not, like, why has Ben got one? <laughs> How did Ben pull that? <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, we, we, we were continuing that, and uh, it's... Like Tom's character, Alenza, and mine, uh, Norgrand, just the two of us. Um, we've been tasked with retrieving this Corsair, in inverted commas, totally a pirate. Um, this pirate's um, magical box, basically. <laughs> it's a, it's a. He's, he's charged us with recovering a box with runes on. Uh, so we went to this old smuggler's hideout, which has been overrun with squigs and a trogoth. Mm-hmm. So we had like a near-death experience with a Trogoth, but we did manage to beat it, mm-hmm. at least. So that yeah, that uh, that was it's probably our closest sort of uh, call, call, I would say, uh, with yeah. an enemy. Definitely, definitely, uh, and I think Scott did tone it down a tad, but uh, we did it. We 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 lived. We lived. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. To tell, um, tell the tale. We'll, we'll be continuing that next week, and we we set out tonight with the best of intentions of trying some digital board games. We did. Um, so we started off by uh, trying Gloomhaven on Steam. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we certainly tried it. Oh, that loading screen's fun. Yeah, it's a good good looking loading screen. Now. now uh, to to be uh, to to give it a little bit of fairness, it is an early access still. Mm-hmm. I believe it's been an early access since last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, but this is a relatively common problem. But the common fix didn't fix it for us. Uh, so we got that refunded. We did. Yep, that was that was a fun twenty minutes of uh, trying to load a game and refunding it. <laughs> yep. Good time well spent. Time yep. well spent. And then, so, so we what we ended up playing instead was an interesting. I mean, I find these these sort of games interesting because they feel a bit more tabletop game, but they are a video game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is TikTok that we, uh, we you found and that we had to go at. Yeah, TikTok, a tale for two. So the idea is it feels a lot like those old LucasArts point-and-click adventures from, like, way back. Mm-hmm. Um, except the idea is you have to play it two players. And, you you know, you each select whether you're player one or player two. So you basically, 
each only get half of the puzzle and you have to talk to each other uh, to to try and figure it all out. Um, we were enjoying it, uh, and then it spiked up in difficulty quite a bit, mm. I think. Although you, you Googled the solution after we, we closed it, and we were so close. Yeah, we, we just... Uh, I think w- there was a slight breakdown in communication very early on in the, the section we were on, and after that, we just couldn't recover from it because we didn't have the the necessary information unfortunately yeah it the premise kind of reminds me of not like the the plot or anything but like the the idea this it's the same idea as like two two rooms and a boom right like you've got one person with the bomb disposal manual and the other person in front of the bomb but you can't see what each other's doing so you're trying to communicate how to do the thing that Mm -hmm. you need to do so um those kind of uh, th- th- those kind of um, games, like I say, feel a bit more like a tabletop experience in a lot of ways than actual video games. Mm-hmm. Although now, now that I, I mentioned, like it reminded me of the old uh, LucasArts games. Did you ever play any of those back in the day? I did, yeah, yeah, quite a few. Of and, them. Uh, any particular favourites? So I don't know if it was a LucasArts game or not, uh, but I know it was definitely in that vein. Um, it was a game my dad had on his, I think it might have been a Commodore and Amiga. Uh, oh, wow. Or, or a very early PC. Uh, it was definitely old. Uh, it was it was an adventure game that I played uh, as a young man, uh, a young, young, young boy, uh, and it was the, uh, the computer game for Plan 9 from Outer Space. <laughs> They did a computer game based on Plan Nine from they Outer did Space. A point and click adventure mm. game in in sort of the style of, of Monkey Island, things like that. Um, but it was based on Plan Nine from Outer Space. Uh, wow! I remember playing that a lot in my my dad's office that he had at the time. This little sort of cupboard room, mm-hmm. uh, and just sort of sitting playing away on this terrible computer game based on a terrible or incredibly good B movie depending on your take on it. Um yeah, it was it was great. I loved it. Um back in the day. Fantastic. I, do you know one of the things I find disappointing about, you know, the advent of like mobile and tablet gaming is that you would think they would be great mediums to bring that genre back, mm. but not really. Doesn't doesn't seem to have happened. <laughs> like um, I used to love Monkey Island. Monkey Island and uh, uh, is it Maniac Mansion 2 Day of the Tentacle? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but basically any, any of the old LucasArts games. There's a ton that I never got around to playing. Like, I never really played Grim Fandango or um, what's it, what, was the, what was one of the other ones? Salmon Max Hit the Road and that sort of stuff. Yeah, I never played. Um, I never played Grim Fandango, but I knew a lot. I had a lot of friends who played it, so I kind of I, I picked that one up a lot by os- osmosis. Um, and I think uh, a couple of the other ones, I I kind of dabbled in a bit. I never played Mon- uh, Monkey Island. Um, I know uh, loads about it now, uh, yeah. but at the time, I never played it. I uh, for me, Monkey Island's the best of the lot. It's. Uh... Yeah, it, the humor's on point. It's got my kind of uh, my kind of humor as well. But um, oh, no, there were, there were great games back then. So that I mean, so 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 we did have a crack at that. Um, over the weekend, 
I should be playing, hopefully, uh, the new Warcry with Ben at some point. He's planning on bringing that around because I believe he's getting a copy pretty pretty swiftly. Okay. Um, so we've got that to have a crack at. I'm looking forward to it, but like we were saying in uh, last week, it feels like you feels like you're paying more for less in this mm-hmm. <laughs> in this in this set. So yeah. that's kind of nah. <laughs> well, I mean, you're not paying more though, right? So. That's true. That's the, the <laughs> benefit of being a friend. <laughs> so you've got like I did uh, one one thing uh, just to backtrack a little bit. Uh, I did a little bit of extra role playing this weekend. Did you not this week? Did you not do some uh, some extra role playing? Well, have you not got other games going on at the minute? I uh, no, not this week. So I've got Dave Wright's D and D eventually game, oh, which okay. will be next Tuesday. Okay. And what I was going to say is on Sunday, we are going back to uh, Arkham, uh-huh. um, which I'm all prepared for. If, we are. Um, so, like that, so, that, so that's happening for me, but I haven't actually done any other gaming this week, unfortunately. Uh, so I, I squeezed in a, a session of uh, Warhammer Fantasy RPG as well, the second edition, I want to say. Uh, going back to my old character, uh, who Alenza is is based on. Yeah, nice. Um, so, yeah. Was that with the old party that you used to hang around with as well? It was a so it was a roll twenty game, and there were nine players. Uh, wow, what yeah. brave GM was running that? So that that was Colin ran that. So he Colin has run Warhammer Fantasy in Second Edition for. Yes, since since I was at university, um, and without giving too much away, that's over a decade ago. Um, he knows it like the back of his hand. He does indeed. Uh, so he's had numerous groups. So when he does these little sort of yearly uh, reunion sessions for his birthday, uh, he just sort of reaches out to everybody who played in one one of those groups, uh, and you'll get this sort of mishmash of, of characters that are incredibly experienced from, you know, uh, like, for example, Alenza's original uh, build, for who's like, you know, a 12, 13-year-old character who's been played for on and off for most of that time. And then you'll get sort of characters from a game he's running at the moment who have only got sort of six months of experience under their belt. Uh, So you get some very unique matchings and pairings in those. How on earth do you balance that? You don't. Yeah, you don't balance it. The thing is, Warhammer Fantasy Second Edition. One thing that it's great at though is you can be really good, you can be really skilled, you can have really good armor, you know, and and all of that, and it certainly lends you a level of survivability. But because the combat in it is so brutal, you're still the the, the running joke is you're still one goblin arrow away from dying. Yeah, that's that's the thing that struck me when we had a crack at it a couple of years ago. Um, it is it is nasty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's brutal. Yeah, it's um, it it feel, the closest thing uh, to it. Rather, uh, I mean, it's a D one hundred system as well, so it does remind me a lot of Call of Cthulhu mm-hmm. in a lot of respects. But not just the D one hundred element, just the the sheer um, difficulty scale of it mm-hmm. is. Uh, is reminiscent of that as well. So I really yeah. like that though. That's something I I really enjoy in games. Like as much as I love high fantasy, Pathfinder, and D anD D, you know where you are. These can become these almost demigod like beings. There's something kind of satisfying about a 
borderline realistic level that where you you become heroic um but you're still limited you know you're still human or or mortal at the very least um so you can become you know incredibly good uh and you can still perform some fantastic feats and take on you know some pretty horrific enemies but you're still mortal you know you're still fallible um mm-hmm. i love that about it i love that even though my characters uh you know this this veteran of so many scenarios and campaigns he's still and, and in fact one thing that i'm enjoying playing up is he's getting older um you know and he's starting to slow down um uh, and he's seeing all right. these these young adventurers coming into it and it's it's this kind of uh shift in his worldview where he's he's no longer the scrappy young adventurer he's now the kind of uh, aging veteran uh, it, it's the shift from the sort of original rocky films to the the modern day rocky films <laughs> uh, i'm sure that's uh, how exactly the arc that you planned out for for him when you you first created that character oh yeah yeah 13 years ago i was like i want this to be you know a rocky style arc. <laughs> <laughs> amazing um but yeah uh so so you're right like oh, at least my limited experience of warhammer fantasy lent that impression to mm-hmm. me uh and yeah i certainly I, the, the the i think maybe the big difference is between that and call of cthulhu is i find call of cthulhu maybe it's just the way that you've been running these games is is not combat heavy at no. all it is no. the bulk of it is doing investigation yeah um, it, it should i mean we're we're playing pulp cthulhu which is a little more action heavy now um but even then i I like to keep a bit like Star Wars. I, I like to have the action there, but not just for combat. You know, it needs to be for dynamic scenes and moments as well. Um, and Call of Cthulhu, whatever form you run it for me, should always be investigation. You know, that kind of horror, the dread of it. You know, as things come to light. Um, that's the stuff I enjoy: uh, the, the role playing and the investigation. And that's what I try and kind of the atmosphere I want to create for my players, uh, yourself See- included. It's the only it's the only RPG system that I can think of where you you really want a character who's good at using a library. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is it is a game that rewards someone who can weirdly it rewards you for being able to use a library, but really punishes you if you see things. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Be intelligent, but not too intelligent. Yeah. Like, don't comprehend the horror that you're witnessing, <laughs> but be smart enough to figure it out. <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. So I I don't know I'll find out in a couple of days time what you've got in store for us uh, in in Arkham. So looking forward to that, and of course uh, if if Ben does get his hands on Warcry, I'll uh, let all you guys know our impressions on that and how that plays out. But do you uh, have a do you have a Warcry warband or do you just use the core ones? I will just be using one of the core ones. Okay. Um, well, good luck. I I um. It looks cool, but it, it's kind of low on my priorities for for uh, hobby stuff right now. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I'm trying to get more stuff for my Death Guard army. Mm-hmm. Like, Ben is painting up a second rhino for my Death Guard now. Yeah. So, I should I should be able to field two thousand points. Like, and with a few more kits and models, I'll have like a nice number of options available to me. But like f- failing that, 
I, I would sooner get like a Blood Bowl team than a Warcry Warband, I think. Yeah, I know you're not fair. that keen on Blood Bowl, mind, but I know a few people who are. So mm-hmm. I feel like I would get more use out of... I would get more use out of it, and, and to be frank, I, I would be more keen to play Blood Bowl than mm. Warcry. Um, the only thing is, like, obviously Ben's really into it, and I do see Ben a lot, so... it that's the only thing that's making me think well maybe maybe i could pick up one of these for myself but none of the none of like the og like the the official like the core war bands kind of scream out to me mm. um and I, I i don't really want to use like my night haunt stuff mm. for it I, I i i don't know it's a I'm, I'm in a bit of a funny place about it but maybe may, maybe when i have a crack at it this weekend uh i'll get you know, I'll get the buzz for it, and I'll really want to give it more of a go. Yeah, that's good. Fingers so, yeah, crossed. I'll keep you all posted on that. Uh, is there anything else that we need to discuss? Um, nothing pressing, I don't think. No, we've no. had a had a wee rant about. Well, I say we. I've had a rant about <laughs> Cortexes. Uh, yes, we've, we've touched on the new releases. Uh, we've talked about what we've been doing. I think we're we're good. Yeah, well, guys, look, as always, thank you very much for listening. And until next time, take care. Bye.